Welcome to the Camp Owners Podcast. Today we are talking onboarding new leadership team members. Is your camp experiencing some new turnover? Are you have uh, experienced leaders taking on more supervisory responsibilities? Well, we have Ryan Rosen from Camp Canaret in California to talk all things onboarding. Welcome to the Camp Owners Podcast. This is the Camp Owners Podcast from Go Camp Pro. Exploring issues and best practices that professionals in the private camp industry face every day. You can find our show notes at gocamp.pro slash ownerspod. Great scheduling is the backbone of every camper's experience. But when there's a staffing change, it's almost impossible to fill that role with someone who knows all the nuances that scheduling takes. So come check Camptivities out, specifically designed for camps by camp people. Find out more at camptivities.com. This Go Camp Pro podcast is brought to you by Camp Brain. Camp Brain blends easy-to-use registration and management software with thoughtful customer service. They take pride in building long-lasting relationships through their amazing support and love they show to each client. Camp Brain is not only focused on your needs for summer 2022, but for your next 25 summers. For more information, visit them at campbrain.com slash owners pod. Welcome to the Camp Owners Podcast, a space for camp owners to talk about the unique aspects of camp ownership and get inspired by each other. We're going to sit down with camp industry experts, leaders, and fellow camp owners to hear how the camp dream transpired for them, learn from each other, and discuss some of the biggest issues in the private camp industry. Hello, friends. I'm Howie Grossinger, the co-owner and director of Camp Robin Hood, a day camp in the suburbs of Toronto. Hello, everyone. I am Kelly Shuna, executive director and co-owner of Hidden Pines Ranch Day Camp, located in Stillwater, Minnesota. If you are looking to find and subscribe to the Camp Owners Podcast, you can either find us online at gocamp.pro slash ownerspod or by searching for us in your favorite podcast app. Finally, if you're listening to this and think, wow, this is the best podcast ever and think it'd be great for other (laughs) camp owners or aspiring camp owners in your circle, please feel free to send them a note to listen. Best podcast ever. Yes. Hi, Kelly. Great to see you. I'm kind of feeling a little nervous about this shout out for our camp uh, sponsor right now. So I'm going to do my best. Our friends will find out why in just a moment. Uh, But uh, we are very lucky to have Camptivities as one of our show sponsors this year. If you're interested in a better solution for scheduling camp activities, please check out Camptivities. So imagine yourself, you know, doing a Google search for camp activity scheduler and you come across Camptivities. It's actually an activity scheduler for camps by camp people. Are you interested in manual adjustments, rainy day scheduling, tons of customizable settings, and maybe, well, I'm I'm happy to say more than 50 plus reports to work with, you have found your software. Um, I'm a proud Camptivities user. Our team loves it. And uh, we highly recommend that you check out Camptivities. Uh, Let Camptivities help you get away from your desk and back out into camp. The team at Camptivities would love to show you what we all feel is the next big, next big thing in camp. Sorry about that. Uh, visit camptivities.com to set up a time to chat. You'll notice why I'm so nervous because our guest is a pretty much a VIP in the world of the Camp Owners Podcast sponsorship. Today's topic is proof, ladies and gentlemen, that current camp employment trends um, are impacting us just like other industries out there. We've heard lots of talk regarding the turnover in leadership team members at recent camp conferences and uh, camp owner gatherings. As we prepare for summer and staff training, we'd like to discuss the onboarding of new leadership team members and how we prepare them for this new role at camp. Our guest today is Ryan Rosen, the owner and director of Camp Canaret, a summer day camp located in Agora Hills, California. Ryan is also the owner of Camptivities and our sponsor. And we are so thrilled to have not only Ryan as a guest on this show, but his support of this program. And uh, once again, check out Camptivities. And hey, we may even throw in a bit of a conversation about that over the course of our, our time together. Who knows? We'll see where this goes, Kelly. Uh, great to see you, Ryan. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me today. I'm excited to be a part of it all. 
Amazing, amazing. You know, one of the things that we do at the start of every show um, is to get our guest to talk a little bit about their camp origin story. You know, we've often used this in the in the context of like, you know, Marvel Universe. Like, what is your origin story as a superhero? Uh, but yeah, so please share with us, Ryan, how this the camp journey began for you. So going way, way back to my very first camp experience was watching my sister leave on the bus to go to camp. And uh, I told my parents I wanted to go. And so I they signed me up and I went and literally got to camp and started crying nonstop because I only thought about the bus ride. That's all I wanted to do. I didn't care about camp itself. Uh, but that was a long, 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 long time ago. Um, I grew up going to camps after that and uh, did that for a long time. Sleepaway uh, as well as uh, you know day camp as well. Um, my family moved said, hey, you got to find something to do this summer. Started working at Camp Canaret in the Gore Hills. Uh, loved it. Um, didn't do a great job my first year, actually. Really was there for me and not for what I was helping others create and for their experiences. Uh, came back a second year. Thankfully, they gave me another opportunity uh, and uh, really enjoyed it quite a bit. Was paired with a counselor who really didn't quite get what was going on, so it gave me a lot of opportunity to grow and uh, went on to become a lifeguard and pool director for four summers, assistant director uh, for three more summers, graduated and left and went into the quote real world, uh, did that for a year, but wasn't really feeling fulfilled, even though we're working on incredible projects around the world and uh, had a conversation with the former owner of Canaret and uh, said, hey, I, uh, you know, is there anything I can do? Any suggestions? Ultimately, that led to me coming back as uh, a co-director. And, uh, and then in 2010, having a conversation that led to them selling us the program in 2011. And so my wife and I purchased Camp Canaret in 2011. And now this is what we do. And, uh, and Camp Activities uh, happened because the person who had been doing scheduling at Canaret for all those years uh, was no longer able to do it in the first year of me owning Camp. And I went to my good friend Cam and said, can you help me with this? And he said, we could write something that will work for you. And so that's where Camptivity started was what are the nuances? And so we did that for a few years. And then in 2015, showed it to a few people, got some more perspective and insight on what they needed and uh, had some beta camps, I think in 2017, 2018. Uh, and then uh, we're at Tri-State for our first conference in 2020 when the world stopped. So um, that's uh, so I still do Canaret. We still are running camp. I'm still actively involved in the planning and preparation, and uh, I'm uh, actively involved there. Um, but uh, also uh, off season, uh, more involved with camptivities, and then uh, there to support for camptivities during the summer as well. Wow, I love your honesty about not being great your first year as a counselor. <laughs> My focus was not in the right place. Um, and it's great because it helps me when we're talking to people or someone's struggling going, I've been there, I've been you. Um, and now you're at, a, you're at a fork in the road. You have to make a decision. Mm -hmm. yeah. I love that. I love that. And I like hearing about the, it, this is what Howie always says is, um, what is it? The necess necessity of invention with starting captivities, how your scheduler quit quit on you and you had to come up with something howie what's the quote you always use with us uh uh oh my gosh i know now i put us all on the spot i know you did i'm gonna get it we're gonna get oh, it we're gonna get we're it we're gonna later. get it but it, it is also you know i think ryan speaks to the classic you know reality of a startup right you're trying to solve a problem in many ways you know and i think that ryan you know it can't the camp industry is no different right we we, we we're good as camp owners and camp people to identify problems and then we pride ourselves on how to find a solution to that and and ryan and i have spoken over several years now about the role of technology in solving you know problems at camp because while we're an industry that's very based on tradition i think innovation has become sort of this new kind of reality and there's so many examples Camptivities is just one but you know if you've been at camp conferences across North America over the last several months you're you're walking into exhibit halls with people who are you know talking about all kinds of solutions to all kinds of things Camptivities you know addresses you know a classic issue that all of us as camp people are solving is how do we take all these kids and move them around and make sure that we're getting kids what their parents signed up for on a consistent, regular basis, and that we're living up to the promises that we make to our clients. And, you know, I, I, I know, and I've talked to Ryan about this, you know, the Excel spreadsheet, the, the you know, like the craziness of all that. Um, but, you know, again, um, his group has solved for a really important pro um, 
problem that is consistent throughout the day camp and the overnight camp world. And it's, it's great. So, so uh, I think that's a great part of the origin story that for many of us out there, we may be exploring issues within our own camp that we could, we can maybe solve for the greater industry in some cases. And I think there are definitely examples out there of other people doing it. So this is great stuff. Necessity is the mother of invention. Necessity Necessity is. is the mother of invention. You got it. And thinking about today's topic with, uh, you know, turnover and training and all that, and I think we sometimes get so caught up in the way that we do things that we sometimes miss opportunities to improve how we can do them. And sometimes it's a matter of it's the last minute. We have to do it the way we always know how to do it. That totally makes sense. But um, I think it's one of those things that's hard. Change is hard. And and so uh, we get so reliant on certain people to do certain things that when you do have that turnover, um, that's one of the challenges and um, not really the purpose of our chat today, but um, that's one of the reasons why we built Camptivities the way we did is because usually it's a high level person who's stuck in the office or losing sleep at night instead of being out in camp because they are the one who has the knowledge. And so how do we do a brain dump of that knowledge so someone else can carry that torch during the summer? So that was really you know, baked in from the get-go of something that was important. And um, that's something, you know, that as we're talking about onboarding of and and training of leadership team, you know, that's a piece is get these, get these really high-level people back out in camp doing what they can do really well and uh, and stop with these kind of things that other, that other systems can improve on by themselves. Mm-hmm. So talk to us about that, Ryan. You just came back from Tri-State. And when we were talking to you about being on the podcast, you had said that you were hearing some chatter about this, about the turnover of leadership and the onboarding. So tell us some of the things that you heard from individuals that were there. Yeah, it was really remarkable to see how many camps over the last really two years or so, and I think some of it's from the pandemic and not operating or operating less, or maybe in a more stressful environment, that there's been just a lot of kind of the carousel of team members leaving and going to different camps and um, maybe changing your staff, what it looks like, and um, just a lot of new people taking on roles in new places. And so they're bringing their culture with them from their experiences to a whole new place that it may not mesh well, um, or they're going, someone else is coming in who has no experience in that, or maybe they're being elevated from a different position. And it's just, it was remarkable to see how many camps had that. And, and for us at Camp Davis, it's great because they're taking our software with them to a new place. So that's awesome. Um, but it also means that there's just a lot of new faces at camps this year. And I, and I feel like historically speaking, at least you know, in, in my past experience, and I've been doing this uh, since 2005 at the director level, that uh, usually there's it's more constant. There's more consistency and there's very little turnover um, for a lot of people, but that seemed to be an anomaly, a change this year, which was really interesting to me. Yeah. And I think that, you know, it's really pause for thought for us camp owners and uh, senior leaders at our, at our camps, because like a lot of things at camp, and I know we've talked about this, Kelly and Ryan, I know that you're no stranger to this, is we get sort of in that path of this is the way we do it. And we take a lot of things for granted around, yeah, we're just going to, you know, it's this date in the calendar and so-and-so is just going to start doing this part uh, for preparation for the summer. And when you don't have those people or you've been, as you suggested, in a phase for two years where out of necessity, as we've just mentioned, you've changed a system or you've reduced your numbers, either that person is doing something different or you're not doing it at the same scale. And now you have to give more intentional thought about how you're going to address that issue. Uh, And it could be from potentially training a, a brand new person. I would imagine many of us are out there thinking of new systems on how to bring a new person up to speed on the way you've done things because maybe you've lost someone to another camp or maybe because of the pandemic, they've just moved on and camping is no part, not no longer part of their, their life. So I know that it, it, at Kinneret, are you living through yourself some of those examples or, you know, personally over the last couple of years in any way, shape or form? A little bit. We had uh, somebody who uh, was with us for a number of years, and uh, he actually was uh, found a position in another camp as a director, uh, and uh, so happy for him that he had that opportunity because that was the next place for him to move. I wasn't going anywhere at Canaret, so there really wasn't a spot for him to take on that role here. Um, so I was very excited for him. And then the pandemic happened, and so we didn't really hire to replace him. And so last year was exceptionally challenging without having that person uh, in that role in the same way that we have in past years. Uh, uh, 
on top of all the other changes that that we had to make in order to operate. Um, but uh, we we are. I'm looking at this year. We're expanding our leadership team. We're expanding our year-round team a little bit, knowing that um, I, I just am looking at how many people are feeling burnt out, and how many times I'm hearing from people that when someone leaves, now their responsibilities are on their that other person's mm-hmm. responsibilities are now on their shoulders. And so I'm looking at that from a cost perspective um, to them and their experience now. Going okay, how do I help them navigate this? And so uh, that's a piece of kind of my future planning is going. We need to have. Uh, growing our team a little bit will take that pressure off of every individual as they're developing their skills and getting more comfortable um, rather than expecting a new person to be able to take on what someone, a multi-year person previously was handling. So just for a little context for people listening, how many leadership team members do you have, Ryan? I think it'd be interesting to hear from Howie and I as well, but how many leadership team members do you have and how do you classify that? Like what are the titles that are under that leadership Great. team umbrella. Great. We're, um, we're differently structured. I know that Howie, because him and I have had this conversation before in, in this regard. So we have uh, typically our leadership team, our, our year-round team is typically three year-round people. Um, and then we have a, a part-time, we have two part-time folks who help us with different things um, from staffing and enrollment and things like that. We have an enrollment coordinator and then someone who oversees staffing. Um, this year we have uh, uh two full-time and we have four part-time uh, people who are doing that. And um, one person is going to graduating this year is going to stay on with us after the summer um, to make that. So we're up to uh, three full-time plus um, four part-time um, moving forward uh, for the foreseeable future. During the summer, we have uh, roughly 350 kids a day. So we're on the smaller side compared to a lot of East Coast camps and uh, kind of middle size, I think, for most West Coast camps. And uh, we have... Uh, uh, during the summer, we typically have a team of about eight uh, leadership team members uh, as well. Uh, Jamie is my co-director, and then we have uh, the rest of the team virtually supports uh, groups and parents and uh, specialists uh, during the summer. So we don't have levels of our leadership team. Um, this year, we're going to have somebody who is actually going to be there to support the leadership team. So they're not going to be supporting any groups. They're just there to support the leadership team because we'll have so many new leadership team members uh, to help them be successful. And then we've added an additional person at that level to support groups. So each of them can support a few less groups or specialists this summer um, as well. So we'll be at 10 or maybe 11 this year. Okay. Got it. Yeah. What about you, Howie? Yeah, so um, our camp, our day camp has four full-time people, and um, our definition of leadership team is that core group of, I would say, anywhere from 12 to 15 people who, I would say, year-round contribute to the planning and um, execution of all the things that need to happen over the course of what we call a 12-month cycle of camp. All those people have typically other jobs, teaching, etc., but are committed to sort of one one month one meeting a month kind of thing and are in the loop. So that's that's our definition of leadership team. Four full time and then add another, you know, uh, ten people um, throughout the year. Um, once we get into the summer, uh, we created a, a brand new layer of leadership uh, this year because we recognized that we wanted to bring on younger leaders into what we call our senior staff. Um, people who would otherwise look, I think, a trend to other things because they were getting into first or second year university or college. And sometimes we would typically hire older division heads or unit heads at that point. But we really wanted to capture some of those people younger uh, to give them an incentive to take on more leadership. So we created a new layer of our most experienced senior staff to be the supervisors of a younger crop of unit heads, which we feel for 2022, which we're currently going through an onboarding process of of uh, defining responsibilities and stuff like that, um, that we think, you know, can serve us very well to free up some of my leadership team members, those people who meet throughout the year, to be more global problem solvers and supporters and help with the reality of coming back to work out of the pandemic, uh, mental health of young staff and campers and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, supreme problem solvers and support, uh, you know, support network for camp. So that's some of the changes we've had. So I would say, um, and, and uh, you know, while we're not, you know, we are a Northeast day camp, uh, we have about 
you know, anywhere, about 700 kids a day uh, here at our program. And so we have in the summer, the classic definition of leadership team, unit heads, division heads, everything, we have close to 50 people who, who have various responsibilities for delivering program, camper care, support, customer service, et cetera. So that's, that's our structure. Okay. Interesting. And, and you, us, yeah. We're similar in size to Ryan. So we have about 350 kids a day. And we have myself, and then we have three summer directors, two assistant directors, one who is year-round. So our year-round assistant director helps me year-round. And then we have a camp specialist who is like that first tier of returning staff that supports the staff directly during the day with what they need. But yeah, so we're around seven. So that's always interesting to see what people have in their numbers. Um, So what does that look like? For the two of you, especially, um, you know, for you, Ryan, we'll start with you with onboarding those new team members. Um, is that going to look differently for you this year? Is it going to look how it has in the past? You feel like you have a good system or is that something you're navigating and is a new a new thing you'll be doing this spring? So we uh, last year, we actually we we didn't get to do our typical uh, onboarding of new leadership members because of COVID and, and the restrictions that were currently in place. And so um, we actually got to see, um, you know, you had the, the concept of the sliding door of like what happens if, if one thing changed, right? If you went through the door, don't go through the door. And so last year, um, we got to see kind of not doing what we had started doing the impact of that. And we really saw a lot of value in uh, what we had been previously doing. So we're going back to it. And uh, back in 2005, I want to say we started doing a retreat, which literally the first time just started as a um, uh, a camping trip amongst myself and and the other uh, leadership team members because I was new to the camp and uh, they were new to me because I'd been gone and wanted to get to know them. And after the trip, we all felt so much closer and we worked so much more effectively together. They were like, huh, there's something here. And so we started expanding on that. So uh, what we've typically done is we go up to um, just a beach house or a house that's up the road, you know, 30, 40 minutes away from where we are. So we're removed enough to be isolated, but also uh, not too far. Um, and uh, we do, uh, the first night is really just us getting to know each other because we found that as people get elevated into this position, oftentimes the people who you're on leadership team with used to supervise you. And so you need time to get to know them on an equal playing field. And so the first night is playing games and activities where we get to have those shared experiences together and getting to know each other and kind of talking about those kind of things. Um, and the second day that, and then we all sleep over um, and we try not to have it be too cushy. Honestly, we want it to be a little campy. And even though we're indoors and we have running water and, and uh, bathrooms and sinks and all the luxuries that we've come accustomed to, uh, we want it to be, so we typically use some air mattresses and, and really want it to be um, a little more campy style and seeing each other at, not at our best, not at our, like, you know, we've taken time to make ourselves up in the morning. And uh, the next day, Saturday, we um, go on a walk at one point to grab some coffee. We cook breakfast in the house. Everyone's pitching in. Um, But just having downtime to socialize with each other and and to talk and talk about whatever's going on in the world, as well as what's going on in our lives and sharing those kind of things. It's opportunities for that, that in camp, we just don't have that because we're so focused on the kids. We don't get that. So that's something that we found really valuable. And then uh, really diving into the nuances of like, What's your perspective on what it means to be a part of leadership team? What do you think your role is on leadership team? What is what is it about? And it's really interesting to see where people come in from. So that's kind of where we start the weekend is on that Saturday morning is really talking through that. What are they? What's their perspective of of what this role is? And then we get into. Um, you know, we set some ground rules for the day. We talk about supervising. We do tend to have our new leadership team members um, read Michael Brandwine's book, um, Super Staff Supervision, uh, as a as a starting point um, for that. If you haven't read that, I highly recommend it. Uh, and then we talk about what what it means to be a supervisor at camp, and and we don't think of ourselves really as supervisors, but as really support for our staff. And so that's kind of you know, the morning of that day is is really talking through that stuff. And I can keep going to talk about the rest of the weekend, but I really want to hear from you two too, to hear how you guys um, on board and bring up new staff too, new leadership team members. Well, uh, my quick answer is ditto. And I will address that in a second, Ryan, because between you and Kelly, I feel like we're like 
camp cousins just divided <laughs> geographically by by a little bit of distance and some air travel. But um, first of all, Kelly, I don't think anyone on the show in almost three years has used the term beach house in our in our show. So I just want to say we are talking to someone from L.A., which is amazing. I just want to throw that out there. <laughs> but that, I digress. Is this mic on? No. Uh, but thank you. Yes, of course. Um, but Ryan, so much of what you said uh, resonates with me, and, and I have to give, in many ways, um, in many ways, credit to you know my wife's dad, Larry Bell, the the founder essentially of of Robinhood, uh, because back in the eighties, this this idea of a retreat of leadership staff was something that has only been has been a part of our culture for a very long time, and and uh, we we often will, and I'm sure lots of camps do this, but we we go to like a, a local conservation area, which is about an hour outside of where most people live, and we sleep in dormitories and bunk beds, and we get out of our comfort zone, and we're we're definitely schleppy all week weekend long, uh, but our our leadership team that team of 14 create a two night three you know two and a half three day program of sharing and fun and team building and some adult fun and you know with with just some pizza and maybe some beverages and an eat one of the evenings to let loose but it's work and we're talking about you know, uh, you know, we, we use a, a phrase called the state of the union kind of thing to, to, to use an, a, a U.S. phrase. But the idea that Sari and I will kick off the weekend with just sharing what the year of the off season has looked like, sounded like, what are parents wanting, what are their fears, what are, and wha- how is this team going to live up to the promises that we've made to all of our families who've signed up. And and then we do address supervision. We do address things. And I'm so glad to say, I, I actually, Ryan, for the last 15 years, have been giving Michael Brandwine super staff supervision as the onboarding gift to all supervisors at camp, which has been sort of way. So big plug to Michael. But it is, I think, in many ways, one of the quintessential supervision books for any camp, new camp leader. Uh, but yeah, so much of what you said, at the, you know, not at the risk of repeating it, but so much of what your goals are have been what we've, tr- you know, have tried to strive for over the course of a weekend. And we typically do it about anywhere from six to eight weeks out of the first day of the summer to give everyone some context of when do you do this. Um, we find that given we're dealing with a lot of college, university-aged leaders at camp who take on these roles, they're typically, at least up here in Toronto, are not free until the first weekend of May. So we do the first weekend of May um, and uh, we do a retreat. It's a mandatory piece of coming on board in the role. And then we have the the subsequent weeks to fine tune, answer questions, follow through on assignments to get ready for the summer. Because not all of those people are full-time at that point in our staff setting. They're still doing other things. They may be doing a, 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 a third you know, a semester of school or whatever, but they know camp has to be on their radar before we all join each other at staff orientation and pre-camp mid-June because we're a camp that doesn't start till the first week of July where I know it's different for you guys who, who typically would, would start, you know, sometime in early June or mid-June kind of thing. So there you go. That's that's sort of the onboarding sort of philosophy of what we do. Kelly? So is, that 50, is that like 15 of you then, Howie? Is that how many you bring up to that or how many do you bring up to that retreat? That whole yeah. close to 50 okay. people. Okay. It'll be the whole group. We'll bring 50 people for a weekend and we will... Um, this is the team that makes it all work. You know, we have close to 300 staff. So this 50 group, you know, puts a lot of work into support. You know, that's 300, including the 50. So an additional 250 that we need to support and, you know, make sure that we're doing everything we can to set them up for success. Just a really um, curious question for you, Howie. Have you seen that it's harder to get everyone to be available that weekend? Um, and if someone isn't available for that retreat, can they not be a part of leadership team for you? Yeah, it's pretty much a deal breaker for me. Um, I, I, I've, I've tried to stand very close to that. Um, but 
you know, again, you know, my budget is different than other budgets, but I have some people who are on the West Coast. I'll fly them in for the weekend. Like, I, I, like we're, we're ready. This is so important to us. And if someone is going on birthright or backpacking in Europe or going to Asia or doing something else, I just tell them, you can go after the weekend, but you got to be here for the weekend. And um, it's been pretty good. Um, you know, from that perspective too. And in my case, I, I do make it mandatory to stay over because as you suggested, Ryan, like the, the, the meaning of the weekend is this living environment together, like being with each other 24 seven. If you were there from eight in the morning till 10 at night and slept in your own, like, like that doesn't work for us. You got to like do the whole thing. And that's what I think allows people to walk out of the weekend saying, I know what I signed up for now. This is what I'm part of. Like that, that's really the big, the big part of that. I, I, we, we are the same way. And I, and I feel like uh, it's so important. And I asked that question because uh, if you don't do this, like that's really an important piece that everybody is there. Uh, and I'm going to say all that. And I'm going to put an asterisk to say that this year we have one of our leadership members is expecting a baby two weeks before. And <laughs> there so you go. I said, okay, if you drive up on the Saturday to be there for the Saturday piece, um, we'll, we'll accommodate that this year because of the baby, but um, be there as much as you can. And so uh, that's the, that's the asterisk to the requirement of being there. Um, but it's someone who yeah. we've, who's worked at camp for many years already, and, and we do have a, a better relationship with already as well. But the weekend is really important. Everyone's got to be there. And we're flying people in, too. We're flying yeah. three people for it. Yeah, and, and I would just add that for those of us, you know, we're I, I'm talking from my day camp perspective, but I also am co-owner of an overnight camp. And we, we do the same thing for our overnight camp leadership, seniors, head staff. We don't do it at the overnight camp. We actually feel there's value in doing it in a different venue that just because there's so much familiarity with going back to camp that we, we didn't want it. We don't want to do it at camp. Now, people can choose what they We have found value in doing it elsewhere. Um, some of it could be geography. I think if my overnight camp was closer, maybe we would. But I'd like to think that the fact that we're all going to a to a relatively unfamiliar place is part of the process of bonding and coming together and, and enhances the, the, the whole experience of living this weekend together before we actually get in the setting where we're all going to make the magic happen or, you know, whatever we're doing. Mm-hmm. And if we didn't have a camp family who was gracious enough to let us use their uh, their beach house, we would not be staying at a beach house either. So <laughs> if you're looking for a place to do it, oftentimes some of your families, I think, may have something that you could use yeah. um, as uh, it doesn't need to have a room for everyone and a bed for everyone. And so making it work with whatever you've got, um, is it, that's really what started this and, and I think is why it's so beneficial. Mm-hmm. Yeah, while Ryan's getting a bougie beach house, I'm worried about the the plumbing being frozen at the uh, Shuna family cabin that we'll be using. But, you know, welcome to Minnesota. Um, yeah. But I know for our California listeners who uh, also time and being paid time is a very important thing in California, especially. Um, are we all nodding our heads to we're paying our staff to be there or they're just volunteering to be there for the weekend? So how do you handle it? Cause I know people will want to know those things. Is this you're paying their time, certain time that's working. They're not being paid at all. Like how does that work for the two of you? So we, we have it built into their season contract um, as it's one of the items listed and they're going to be paid this amount for the course of the summer. Um, and that's included in there. And uh, we also include um, our silt orientation, which are high schoolers, um, as well as our staff orientation and some other things as well. So that's included in it. Okay. How would you do the same thing? Exactly the same. Yep. Okay. I feel okay. like Howie and I could switch places at the different <laughs> camp in time, in some of our conversations and like within 30 minutes we'd be going. Like there's so many similarities. It's really remarkable. Yes. We've never heard this conversation before. That. So yeah, I we've never, yeah. That. Maybe yeah. like parent trap. Like we could just swap you and then see what happens. I don't know. It's the camp. Cool. It's the camp owner exchange program. There I you like go. It. I like I'd have it. to work on my Canadian accent, but I think I could do it. Yes. Yeah. You just oh, say yeah, a, 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 <laughs> how's it going? A, I like it. We could work on that. That'll be a new um, podcast, maybe a vlog. We could start a new uh, TikTok <laughs> vlog channel. Um, and for us to answer for, we have never done a retreat before, um, but I'm doing one for the first time next weekend. So because we've reorged and are adding to our leadership team and our 38 year veteran staff, she retired last summer. So it's a year of a lot of change for us. 
we're doing it for the first time. So I'm really excited. So I'm excited also just to talk to the two of you about what you do and your details, but it felt really important with having a new team and getting to know each other, even though the people moving on to the, or moving up to leadership team have been at camp for a long time. I'm really excited because I think all the things that you're speaking of, it will serve us well this summer as a team. So it's interesting to see how everyone does it. And yeah, we're doing the same thing two nights at a cabin and team building and food and cooking and walking. And, but also um, just really all, you know, besides the mission and the why and some of that supervision stuff, really just trying to hammer out some planning stuff as well and staff training goals and while we're all together. So I'm really looking forward to it, but that's how we're going to do ours. And so over the years, we've kind of fluctuated. So we used to just do like a couple like afternoon meetings um, that we would do in person to get ready before we went to the retreat model. And last year, that's what we went back to. And, and uh you know, our leadership team was very successful last year, but we also saw that there was a lot of things like, oh, right, we didn't get, get to that, or oh, yes, we didn't get to that, or the comfort level and asking for help wasn't there yet. So that's one of the things that I think is you, you can't really, uh, you can't create, it just takes time. And so that's what this retreat kind of uh, speeds that up a lot faster and gets you, gets you there, getting comfortable with each other much more quickly uh, than you typically would. Um, and this year, we're actually going to try something new that we haven't tried before. And Kelly, this may work for your group um, this year as well, especially since you have new people coming on, is we're going to ask our staff, our leadership team members, new ones, everyone to answer, come up with these two questions, answer these two questions before they arrive, which is, what does your success as a leadership team member look like? And what does your failure as a leadership team member look like? And for a new leadership team member, they may have been looking at this for a while. And in their mind, we're curious to see where they're coming from. What's their frame of reference of what that success or failure looks like? And uh, I don't know how it's going to go. I don't know what people's answers are going to be, but we're going to try that question this year um, as a frame uh, that we want them to be thinking through, a lens to be thinking through as they come up for the weekend. I think that's great. And I, you know, that's, uh, and I think there's real value into some of the, pre-arrival retreat considerations, right? It, it could be in the form of um, the questions that Ryan just shared with us. It could be in the form of even a personal connection with that person's direct supervisor, depending on your structure. Like there's all kinds, you know, the, we have to all, not unlike the camper who comes to you for the first time on day one of camp, the new leadership team member is coming into a setting at a retreat five, six, eight weeks out of the start of camp, feeling some of the same butterflies and anxiety about, you know, Ryan, Howie, or Kelly hired me. I feel they have confidence in me, but man, I've 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 looked up to that person for the last five years, or I'm brand new and... And so doing whatever you can to ease those butterflies, that welcoming process, and, and just f- thinking of your new people that you're onboarding in environments like we're describing, like think, think of them like campers. How, what would you do to make them feel comfortable, whether it's as simple as a name tag or a pre-arrival activity or as they sign in on the weekend? You know, we've tried to be creative with all kinds of things that just just take down the anxiety wherever we can because there is a danger um, and again if if you are if anyone listening is experiencing large turnover um, versus someone who has maybe only a few people you've got to be careful about assumptions and language and assuming that people understand what you're talking about when you're talking about high level organizational supervisory stuff at your camp so you've got to give a lot of thought before the weekend to the organization intentionality of those things and I know we've had our you know some pitfalls along the way where we didn't give enough attention to the two or three people you know of the 35 and they were looking there with like you know deer in the headlights like what is what is what is that person really talking about and really I'm, I got you know so so I think just some consideration for that for sure I, I don't know Ryan if you can relate to that like because I I, I I we talk about that all the time here because we, we don't want that person just you know in the first hour of that weekend going holy moly if you know what I'm saying hundred percent. And and I've tried to, what I ultimately say when someone has an interest in leadership team and we're talking about it is we talk about it in the context that um, it really should be something that they're thinking about as a two-year position. And not that they're committing to a second year, but that the first year can be so difficult that if you think you only have one summer left at camp, 
don't be on leadership team. It is yeah. so hard and so challenging that you need time under your belt. Think about your first year as a counselor, how hard that was and what you learned and how much you grew. That second year, you can implement so many things. You know what you're expecting. And, uh, and so there are times where someone's like, maybe it isn't the right fit for me because of that. And so uh, it's a frame of reference too, of just, it is, it is challenging. doesn't mean we're not going to support you. It doesn't mean that you're not going to get through it and be successful and, and look back and go, wow, that was awesome. But it is hard. And if you only have one summer, go do something fun for your last summer at camp. Don't, don't take this on. Some good wisdom. I like that. And it's so, it's so interesting to hear, you know, like, I like how, Howie, how you're talking about the what's worked, what hasn't. Like, I think that lesson learned and Ryan, how you said you kind of went away from it, but now you're going back to it. I think those are really great things to pass along. Um, you also talked about tools. So you talked about Michael Brandwine's book. Um, Ryan, you talked about some questions. Are there any other like tools or resources that you use or um, for anyone listening to this who maybe doesn't do a retreat and is thinking about it, um, activities you like always have to do are like super important or any other things that you feel like you would pass along as some wisdom to other people either already doing this or thinking about doing it? So an early game that we like to play on that Friday night, the first one is a game called Telestrations, which is fascinating. If you haven't played it, it's literally you sit in a circle, you each get a card, it has a word on it, someone, uh, you then draw that, you flip the page that has the word on it, and the next person, you hand to the next person, now they have to uh, write out the word that they think your picture depicts, and then it goes around the circle that way. So when it comes back to you, see the evolution of whatever that was. But the dialogue and the understanding of how differently we communicate and where our strengths are, and you get so many good laughs out of it, and it ends up being something that's um, it's a really good icebreaker opening game uh, to play uh, if you're looking for something that's a, a good one. Um, that I, talk, I mentioned very briefly the ebb and flow of it. And so if you have a, a heavy returning uh, leadership team in a year, we do a different retreat than when it's a lot of new people. And so when it's a lot of new people, but a couple of returners, we yeah. enlist some of the returners to play a role with leading some of the sessions as well um, about lessons learned and what their experience was uh, as well. So we try to balance those two things. That's important too. So if you feel like you just have all returners, the retreat's not important. I would argue it, it may be even more important because you can push the team even farther uh, by knowing, uh, by having that time together to reset and refocus um, as well. Yeah. So I wouldn't get lost in that. Absolutely. And I, I would add that, um, you know, the same people delivering the same sessions or, or speaking, like mix it up as much as you can, you know, especially from, you know, your, your core people who can, who have become known as sort of the expert in your setting on this particular topic, etc. You know, they, they apply a lot more credibility when it can be, you know, the person they see in this light during the summer and they can speak to it from a, a more global point of view. I, I, we, we do, we use a lot of language uh, in our retreat about what does it look like at our camp, you know? So you can you can give out the amazing Michael Brandwine book and you can use Bob Ditter and you can use all these wonderful people and their resources, all that stuff. But at the end of the day, we try to bring it to, so what does that look like in our setting? Can we use examples of what we've seen or experienced or what you may be in for? And I think that when, Whenever you're dealing with this type of training with a segment of your leadership, you know, you want to you want to prep them from the or train them from the perspective of what does it look like in my daily life? Because if you're if you're spending too much time at 30,000 feet philosophically about leadership and and all the wonderful things that I think we talk about, you got to you got to bring it down to what does it look like in my daily life in this role? Because when 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 Kelly comes to work at Camp Robin Hood, I think one of the questions she's asking herself, but when the kid does this or my staff makes this choice, what do you want me to do, right? And so we can talk about support and empathy and compassion and all this wonderful stuff, which is so vital, but how, do we, how does that translate into our setting? And what does, you know, for example, in, our, in your setting, in my setting, there's a certain expectation of how we deal with behavior management. And, you know, do we give timeouts? Do we give, do we, t do we use language to say, if you keep doing this, you're not going to participate in the ne next activity, you know? Um, 
do we use that brand of behavior management and those 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 options within our own setting? I think as as leaders, we need to know where we all stand so we can be consistent. So I would encourage you to get sort of in the weeds of daily life as much as you can. Um, there is a place for talking philosophically and what we're all about. But um, we have found our group has found success in what does it look like on the ground kind of stuff. We do a ton, a ton of role plays uh, with our leadership team um, at the retreat and things like a parent phone call. What's that like um, to make that phone call? And we even model how to ask for help uh, of another leadership team member. Um, And then we'll also go over uh, sitting down with a staff person and having a a CEDOS conversation with them. And what does that look like? Um, And CEDOS is a a Michael Brandwine uh, acronym as well. Um, But we'll role play that and then pause and say, tell me what your, what's your end goal? What are you trying to achieve? What, what, how are the questions you're asking going to get you there? Um, Because that's something that they can sit down and have a conversation with a staff person without any intentionality. And then they end, they go, okay, great. I did that. And the person's going, well, that was a waste of my time. Why did I just sit down with that leadership member? So um, there's that piece. And the other is how do you put yourself in the staff person's mindset of like how they need to be supported? It's not how you need to be supported, but how they need to be supported. And that's, I think, the thing that most young leadership team members struggle with is understanding that what how you need to be supported is often very, very different than what the person you're supporting needs. And so how do you figure that out? And so that's another piece of our retreat that we go through and we really kind of uh, talk through some ways to do that. Um, and it, there's no one answer to that, but it's through questions and dialogue that you get there. But that's a really important frame of mind of going, okay, I need to support this person this way and that person that way. And it's going to change how I talk to them. And you probably already do it um, with your team. Um, but you don't necessarily realize that you're doing it or how do you teach that? And so that's something that we do cover in our retreat as well. And I think it's a really important step for a young leadership team or leadership team person. And I think that one of the healthiest messages of any retreat weeks before camp is just sending a very healthy message that this weekend is not going to supply all the answers. Like, like it's just not going to do it. It's just going to be tip of the iceberg in establishing trust, establishing relationships where questions can be comfortably asked and there will be answers that will support you on this journey of learning how to be a supervisor. So I think that the weekend, the retreat, whatever it looks like for whatever camp you operate should be at its foundation, sort of this opportunity to get everyone on the same page that we're all in this together. There's going to be tons of questions and we just got to know who our go-to people are and feel comfortable in going to those people when we find this because, you know, the, the, the two nights are not going to cover everything you're going to, we know that. It's not going to come even close to covering what it is we're going to face together on a daily basis or what you're going to face in the course of your work. But if you can walk away feeling, I now feel comfortable with this person. I've, I've seen them in action for the last three years. I'm now working alongside them. They're not as intimidating as I thought it might be, or I know that they're not going to be upset if I ask a question. Like, like in many ways, it's mission accomplished if you can have everybody walking away feeling that way. And, and that's sort of, you know, what drives sort of the motivation for creating that weekend for us. The one pitfall I'll say kind of flipping a little bit is, uh, Kelly, you kind of mentioned this, uh, is getting too focused on the nuts and bolts of mm-hmm. the day and uh, the those tangible things and, and focusing too much on that. And you're just going through this, okay, who's going to do this job? Who's going to do that job? And all of a sudden, half your day is gone when that's not really as important as getting the, some of these fundamental uh frame of reference things uh, tackled and, and getting to know each other. And so really focusing on the not necessarily 30,000 foot view, but like, how do I have that conversation with a parent? And when they get frustrated, what do I do? How do I respond to that? I may never have had to talk to a parent that way before. Uh, And if I give concrete reasons why I'm making this call to a parent versus like, so my assumption is blah, blah, blah. Well, that's going to change the conversation with the parent right there. So role-playing that allows you to uh, process that. And we've gone through that as, as owners and directors, you know, probably thousands of times at this point, but for a first year leadership team person, that's, that's terrifying. It's, it's, they're sweating, they're, they're stressing out about making this call. So the more you can role play it, um, it helps ease that tension a little bit, but still it's going to be a little scary when the time comes. Mm -hmm. Well, something I think that we'll have to, and you brought this up a little bit, Ryan, but we'll be focusing on with our newest leadership team members is that shift from coworker to supervisor and the way you respond to a fellow counselor venting 
is very different than how I want you. I mean, I hope you respond maybe like a leadership team member, but the expectation will be different of how you respond to that venting or frustrations from a staff member or things that are going wrong of the questions, how, you know, just getting more information versus how you might respond if you're their coworker. So I think that's going to be a big one for us is that supervisory, that first level of understanding your role and the perspective shift as a leadership team member. So, but that's interesting, Ryan, too, yeah, to not get into the nitty gritty as much as the team building, bonding, mission focus, getting everybody on the same page, like you said, Howie. Yeah. And I think that for lack of a better description, there has to be an exercise of everyone understanding what team they're playing on within the team right kind of thing if you know what i'm saying like if if they're now supervising friends of theirs co-workers and now there have there's a greater expectation of them not letting that behavior slide and they have to they need to understand that they're on the team that that identifies and addresses those issues now like and they need to understand it or they have to understand that when a policy needs some reinforcement within the camp setting that they're now depending on their role, it's expected that they're going to be part of the group that follows through on that. And they may have some personal feelings about that. And and perhaps there's a forum for talking about that. But it's almost like when we leave the room, this is our team kind of thing. And, and sometimes the weekend, what you described, Kelly, can just talk about, you know, some of those things that they, they're, they're going to need to understand, you know, transitioning into that, this new leadership role within the team. And we sometimes even encourage them to have a conversation with those friends first to, before the day starts and help them understand like, hey, we're still friends and outside of camp, we can talk and do all this. But when we're in camp, like I have this role and responsibility and and we found more success having that conversation before something happens rather than waiting until after it happens, mm-hmm. especially with our leadership team members moving up. And you can give them conversation starters for all of that, too. I think that's part of it. Just as we give conversation starters for parent conversations, we can give those new leaders within our leadership teams or new people to our environment the kind of conversation starters that could hopefully get that that conversation to a better place. I, I think it's an extension of that. Yeah. This conversation really brings up for me, too, thinking about our leaders and training program we have now is two counselors, really seasoned counselors. And then typically they're the ones who will move up to our leadership team. And this conversation makes me think about like, maybe we just pull them into the leadership team earlier. Like they just, that role is always leadership team people. And there may be a entry level point because they are so much, they've kind of stepped away from being in the thick of the counselor role um, to leading this special program. So that, that's been a good takeaway for me of like, well, maybe they just become leadership team members. It's an entry level, but they're a part of that because this retreat, I think, would be helpful for them because they almost step into that a higher level of counselor, but we don't call it anything different. So um, that's super helpful. Oh, we could just chat forever, couldn't we? This is always hard. It's always like, okay, fine. We have to stop. Um, but cousins from across the country, we'll, we're going to need to get down to business a little bit and thank our second sponsor. Um, how, how lucky are we, the best podcast ever, to have two sponsors? <laughs> um, our, our second one is Camp Brains. We want to give a big shout out to them. Um, they've been in the camp industry with software since 1994 um, when I was still in high school. Um, and they have 45 plus dedicated staff, probably around my age as well, um, that can meet your every need. Camp Brain has a sophisticated custom reporting system that can help turn your data, we all thrive on the data, into valuable insights. So make that data work for you. If you are interested in Camp Brain, maybe right now you've been struggling with your registration or enrollment and you want to make a switch, give them a call. You can call them at 866-485-8885 or campbrain.com. Um, now that we've finished some business, let's end with our inspiration. Absolutely. So as everyone knows, at the end of every show, we uh, we share something that might be inspiring us, uh, you know, to date. It could be a book, an article, a podcast, uh, maybe something you saw, a documentary you saw, uh, a leadership quote, anything that will have us thinking and uh, perhaps help us become a better camp professional. So um, I thought maybe we would start. Kelly, what's what's on your mind these days? What do you have as far as inspiration? All right. I am ready to roll here. So my inspiration that I have is from 
uh, the weekend, I got a text from a former staff member. He is now working at General Mills, which is a big company in the Minneapolis-St. Paul area. They make Cheerios. If anyone doesn't know who General Mills is. Um, but he had texted me, and he sent me a photo from their keynote for their annual retreat, and it was a picture of Glennon Doyle on Microsoft Teams. And he said, recognize this keynote speaker General Mills brought in for our development. I'm getting some repeat lessons from HPR staff training. Good thing I already knew I can do hard things. So that just for me was so validating about the work we do and this conversation of onboarding and the leadership lessons that we provide. It just, I just absolutely feel filled up to the top of my bucket to know that the things that he's learning now aren't new to him, that they're just being reaffirmed in this huge company, this Fortune 500 company. So that just for me, I sent that on to my leadership team and said, we're doing good work here. So that was my inspiration this week, Howie. That's amazing, Kelly. Those are the best feelings, for sure. Amazing, amazing. Um, Ryan, what do you have as our guest to have some inspiration? Uh, So mine is uh, really thinking a conversation I just had with a longtime staff person who came into camp and and was actually in tears um, because they really thought that their their time in camp was over um, because they didn't know where else to go and they didn't know what else to do and and they didn't feel like there was anywhere else for them to grow into. And they just were talking about all the things that they've grown in camp and how they've grown as a person and and a better human and uh, how much they attribute the version of who they are today to their experiences at camp and that they weren't just they weren't they were sad that their time at camp was over but so appreciative of everything that we provided and through that conversation it was like well why why does your camp why does your time at camp have to be over these are the people we want to keep in camp and so um, we ended up um, you know kind of moving some things around and creating this other position for them that really um, still hits on some really important stuff for us um, and will really help them be a really effective and a big part of camp, but also uh, gave them a place to grow uh, into at camp and to continue their journey at camp and, and to not end it. And so just a reminder of how much we really do change uh, people and uh, give people an opportunity to grow and develop skills and um, even the hard moments uh, that we all have. And, and the last two years have been really hard for a lot of people. Um, it's nice to know that uh, there we're really making an impact and, and it's still really valuable. So it was a good reminder for me and I was glad we were able to find a way for them to continue in camp, uh, despite them thinking sadly that their time at camp had come to end because they didn't see another position for them to go to. Yeah, and I think that's also a great example of, you know, as camp people, um, we at our heart try to think out of the box you know we try to uh, our most some of our most successful moments as leaders is when we can not be rigid and 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 provide opportunities in silos that we can do these things and the benefits of those things are just so incredible not only for camp for the people that you're providing it for so i i love that example too that's 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 amazing um for me uh it's an article uh it's from harvard business review it's called connect with empathy but lead with compassion um, I never lose a moment to get Kelly to feel a little verklempt, uh, Brene Brown style or something like that. So I always throw those in there. Uh, but this is a really good uh, article and the link is in the show notes. I encourage everyone to look at it. And and I think that given the topic that we're dealing with, you know, that, you know, I, I'm already thinking that this article may be some pre-arrival reading for my group before they come to the weekend because these are the themes and things we're trying to hit on as leaders uh you know uh, i often talk about yeah you are a boss at camp but you don't have to be bossy right so there's a difference between being a boss and being bossy so we we use that kind of language around i thought this article really addresses some really in the moment what a lot of people are talking and reading about so check it out connect with empathy but lead with compassion some great inspiration all around kelly Awesome how I'm looking forward to getting a little overclamped reading that article soon. Thank you. Um, Ryan, if people, as we exit today's episode, if people want to get a hold of you, what is the best way to reach you? They can always email me at ryan at campcanaret.com uh, or uh, ryan at camptivities.com. Either one. Perfect. Howie, how about you? Yeah, reach me at howie at camprobinhood.ca. Happy to hear from anybody who wants to reach out. 
All right. And my email is Kelly with a Y at hiddenpinesranch.com. Um, well, the two of you, this was so great. Thank you so much, Ryan, for being a guest on our show today. I thought there were so many helpful tidbits for um, those that are onboarding some new leadership team members. If you, as our guest, if you found some great things in the show that you'd like to check on resources, you can find the show notes at gocamp.pro slash owners pod. Um, we appreciate you listening. We hope you loved the best podcast ever and we'll see you at our next episode (laughs) thanks for tuning in to the camp owners podcast if you like what you heard please leave us a review on itunes or wherever you listen to podcasts and don't forget you can find our show notes at gocamp.pro slash owners pod the camp owners podcast is part of the go camp pro podcast network find a podcast for camp pros of every age and stage at gocamp.pro slash podcast thanks for listening friends Hey, Camp Pros. We love that our industry is built on sharing. In order to foster that spirit, if you've gotten even one good idea from a Go Camp Pro podcast, a masterclass, from the Summer Camp Pros group on Facebook, at a conference, or wherever else, we ask that you give credit where credit is due. That way, we can encourage Camp Pros to keep freely sharing their brilliant ideas and make the camp industry better. Thanks very much.